I take it Ben is gonna yes. host this one? Okay, uh, well, whenever you're ready. Hey, 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 welcome back to Sci-Fi Cross-Sections, a podcast dedicated to everything science fiction. It's me, your sci-fi boy, Ben Young, filling in for your other sci-fi boy, Colin Brandon. And with me tonight is... Matt Botker? Ooh. Is that a question? Return from <laughs> the grave. <laughs> I'm, I'm Bill Jarvis. Andrew's back. And tonight we... From the dead! Oh, from the dead! Oh, spooky <laughs> And tonight we are talking about the 1985 horror comedy, The Reanimator, uh, directed by Stuart Gordon, produced by Brian Usna, written by Dennis Paoli, William J. Norris, and Stuart Gordon. It's based on the short, uh, it's, there's a specific term for it, the serial novelette, Herbert West Reanimator, written by our boy Harry Potter Lovecraft. And uh, <laughs> you're gonna Why? fucking just Speaking, destroy we, we make fun of him because him he was Phillips. racist. Starring Bruce <laughs> Abbott, Barbara Crampton, David Gale, Robert Sampson, Jeffrey Combs. Music by Richard Band. Way better than Danny Elfman. Fantastic, fantastic composer. Oh, the soundtrack is so good for this. Yeah, I hear they call him Bandsaw. <laughs> I hope they do. Uh, it had a budget of $900,000 and had a box office of, anyone want to take a guess? I would say $800 million. million on the dot. Someone's looking at his notes. It's $2 million on the dot. <laughs> you weren't allowed to answer if you were looking at your notes, but you did anyway. I forgot, I forgot about the rules that we set silently. Mm -hmm. See, that's how you open a show, man. Like, Colin, Colin, <laughs> Colin meanders. We, we got through it. Now I'm going to do a synopsis because that's a thing. That's how I, I like, that's, that's how I like to do shows. We get through it. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I do Start shoots. the episode, one take, it. be done. We fucking survived. <laughs> <sighs> Medical Hit us student. with that synopsis, white boy. Oh, you already I was were. trying. God. You took, like, way too long to I start. I was waiting until so there was, was silence, because uh, there should be silence when I speak. Were we meandering too much? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think we're meandering right now. <laughs> should we stop meandering? Stop reanimating? What? What? All right, I'm going to stop meandering now. He's leave. He's leaving. He's, he's going leaving. to oh, another Ben's, zone. Ben's left. I was making oh, sure. He's getting in his car. <laughs> there is a... <laughs> No way, there's Ben, that's the reanimator's car. There's a there's a there's a there's a disembodied head that inexplicably can breathe? Alright, good dude. This was we'll uh, this was a fantastic synopsis. throwback, everyone. Now I'm going to give you the synopsis. Medical student Dan Kane gets wrapped up in a new researcher's experiments involving reanimating the dead. But when his fiancée and her family gets involved, things quickly escalate into hell on Earth. It's the reanimator. 
<laughs> Starring Rob Schneider. I'll, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll put Rockefeller Stank over that. No, just put the soundtrack over it. It'll be it'll be great. All right, I'll put the soundtrack over it. I love I love how when they made this film, they realized how bad it was and had to make it a horror comedy. No. <laughs> Actually, Lovecraft really? um, described his original short story as comedic. Did he Seriously? really? Which is hard to believe because it is not funny. <laughs> <laughs> in classic HP Lovecraft in classic HP Lovecraft fashion his story is not funny as in, and is in fact horrifying <laughs> he's like he's like why well, are you laughing this is hilarious the and implications like oh my are, god yeah. harry it's all right man like relax the implications are horrifying the uh, short story is actually kind of boring so you 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 researched the short story right miller Yes, I. Um, how, how being close? our resident anime expert and also HP Lovecraft expert, I uh, reread the story for the podcast. So, how close are we with this movie? I think that's a good place to start. How how close well, is the movie to the serial novelette? The uh, the main character is um, in there as the narrator. Which one, uh, Dan Kane or uh, so? Dan, so the narrator West. doesn't have a name in uh, in in uh, in the book. He doesn't have a name. He's an unnamed narrator, like a lot hmm. of Lovecraft's characters. Um, Herbert West is in there as the reanimator, um, and that's about it. Uh, some corpses come back to life through a serum, and yeah, that's that's about where the similarities end. <laughs> um, for one thing, uh, there's about a fifty-ish year time jump, time time gap in between when the story was written and when this book or when this film was uh, made. Um, this came out like in the twenties, thirties. Movie came out in the uh, you said eighty-five. Yep. Um, there's no love interest. Um, Herbert West and the narrator are friends from the beginning, and um, there's no head giving head in the novelette. So what you're telling me is the novelette is inferior. There's no tits. Inferior. Mm. Wow. Okay, so uh, what you're saying is the novelette is inferior, and that's cool. Good to know. Mm -hmm. I thought this was... Probably one of the greatest hour and a half hours and a half of my life. I thought I, you were going to say one of the goriest. The greatest. The greatest. <laughs> it's not. It, the, the movie's not that gory. I expected it to be gorier. It's gory for the 80s. But even like in compared to like others 80s films, other 80s films, like what's the big one? What's the. the Dead the, Alive. Yes. Dead Alive. Like compared to like also other known movies. Also Brain Dead and uh, everywhere else in the world. That one is uh, not nearly like it, it, like when you look at that one. That's what I was expecting when we were talking like '80s gory Lovecraft adaptation. I was expecting something like that, and like mm -hmm. we got some of it, but nothing too crazy. I well, believe it. it or not, there's no gore in the Lovecraft novel. <laughs> like he didn't. He didn't. He didn't write in like. And then Howard, or, and then Herbert West does the fucking drill through the guy's torso. <laughs> you know that's funny. You know when he went through that phase of saying, and then the guy fucking did this crazy <laughs> shit. Let me tell you about it. <laughs> <laughs>
Like, Lovecraft is the master of adjectives. Fucking. So the fact that he didn't say fucking drill thing. And then he just blasted that fucking drill like pow right through the like guy's chest. She had some banging C boobs. Like you'd be like, what the fuck if you saw this visually, but I'm here describing it to you. So it's fairly tame but like trust me if you fucking saw it oh boy man oh, dude. Oh. a oh, dude, certain this... bloated fucking corpse hp <laughs> lovecraft saying oh dude dude all right this scene that i'm about to describe kind of rapey really cool let's get into it <laughs> and then the fucking severed head tries to go down in between her legs it's He's crazy like... man <laughs> It's the worst writing ever. I'd love to see HP in like an executive Hollywood executive room, like nowadays, like mm -hmm. like pitching his next yeah. film, and like and like people are sitting right, around the table, so... like, okay, okay. It's. I just think it's funny that this is not the kind of movie that Lovecraft would would make if he were making films. No, he like probably not, not by any metric. He'd hate this. I think Jeffrey Combs nails. Um, uh, oh, Herbert yeah. West, he's, he's, he's phenomenal. He's, God, but it's funny because Herbert West is actually blonde and blonde-haired and blue-eyed in the book. Of course, he is. At one point, some character says that damn towhead, <laughs> referring to uh, Herbert West, and uh, yeah, uh, just listening to an interview with Stuart Gordon, um, Combs showed up for the audition and just kind of nailed it. So they're like, "Well, I guess he's uh, well," and. I mean, if if it's if we're doing an extremely loose adaptation, it kind of doesn't matter. I think appearances. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like he came in with that first and auditioned with that first scene and was like, "I gave him life," and mm -hmm. everyone was like, "That's it, that's yeah. it," because that's what fucking hooked me into this film immediately. Like that oh, yeah. that camera angle change, the shot change into his turning toward the camera. And then they, I gave him life. Like, I was yeah. like, oh, my God, this is going to be one of the best movies I've ever seen, isn't it? Jeffrey Combs is a good actor. He's great. He's he's no slouch, I'll tell you that much for free. And I've never, I've never really, like, seen him, I think, mm -hmm. in, like, anything else. I'm, like, looking through his stuff now. It's kind of it's kind of mm -hmm. out of our wheelhouse, but I, I, I don't know. We, as people, should watch The Frighteners. It's a good movie. I like that movie. Oh, I love The Frighteners. Ooh. If if only it were a scary month. Yeah, right. He was in the forty four hundred. Uh, yeah, I heard so was that I. was good. Uh, I didn't watch it. I heard it was good. I didn't watch it either. Oh, he's in Enterprise. Did you guys oh, know that? No. Nope. No. Have you seen Star Trek? Colin would know that. I've never seen Enterprise. I Matt, I, ask I, I Colin watched... if he knew that. This is the Jeffrey Combs. <laughs> podcast episode where we just say did you know he was in that that's crazy have you seen it no no but I heard it's really good no it was really good though. it was crazy sci-fi segue he was on Freaky Links do you guys remember Freaky Links he was the corner he was the corner guy I remember Jack's you Links remember that? do you guys remember that no, no. me neither <laughs> Those Jack's links like Sasquatch commercials were freaky. Is that what you yeah. mean? <laughs> I do. Oh, well. he was in he so, was in Transformers: Robots in Disguise. Which, if you don't know, was that was the, he the robot or the disguise? He, was that the cartoon movie? I think so. But also in general, 
It is an American Japanese animated robot. Hold on. Superhero television series for children produced by Hasbro Studios and Darby Pop Productions in the United States for Cartoon Network. It was also animated by Polygon Pictures. It is the standalone and then fade out, fade out. You know what's interesting is he was also in Deep Space Nine. That's crazy. I never oh, watched he, that. He was he was a different character. I'd never seen it either. Do you know he was on Babylon Five? <laughs> oh so yeah, no, now, I see that now. now. That, now that he was in Reanimator. Now, now that we're talking about space <laughs> he, titles with was, numbers at the end, did you know he was on Babylon Five? What about the forty four hundred? Wow, this guy loves numbers. <laughs> What about All right, enough of love that. in a forty five? That's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> we we've uh, we've taxed we've this made our rich, bit for all rich, it's worth. Rich vein. <laughs> all right. Well, Ben, uh, playing off of your note before our deep dive into his <laughs> <laughs> filmography, uh, that opening scene, and then it shifts straight to just the credits which really I felt like those two together kind of set this wonderful campy over the top, but also kind of eerie tone. And I really liked mm-hmm. it. Just all the like medical diagram kind of zipping past with the wonderful score behind it all. Mm-hmm. It gave you very much like a spooky eighties feel. <laughs> yeah. I agree. You're in, entire- for some, you're in for some shit with this one. I agree entirely. Like I've never like had an experience like I, I mean it like I'm not being hyperbolic here I've never had an experience with a film like this one where I'd be laughing I'd be cracking up one second and the next second I would be fucking terrified I'd be like yeah. I'd be like what the fuck is about to happen like I was mm. worried for Dan and uh whatever the whatever her name was uh <laughs> Megan I was worried for Dan and Megan to no end, but at the same time, I was laughing like hell when he cut the head off and then reanimated it. I was like, I was like, Herbert, you know you gotta reanimate that fucking head now, man. And he's like, I gotta reanimate that fucking head now. And I'm like, I knew it. <laughs> so, I, was this your first viewing of it? Yes. Oh wow. This is like, also, also I want, I just want to say, Megan is like the quintessential underwritten female lead. I just want you to understand that. Like, yes, so bad. Oh. Quintessential underwritten '80s female right. lead. Dan, Dan. I mean, stop it, Dan! Oh my god, you're so funny, Dan. Well, at least she exists because she did not exist in the Lovecraft novelette. H.P. Lovecraft actually never saw a woman in person, so H- he H.P. Did, was. He actually has. Uh, I, there's a theory that he was like afraid of women. Seriously. I, I believe Hewlett Packard not, may have yeah. very well been yeah. our very first incel in history. Or at least just was not very good with women. I mean, he Cthulhu was married was actually once. a metaphor for the vagina. <laughs> Cthulhu. <laughs> the great unknown, the great. horrifying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just one glimpse is enough to make a man go mad. It's got tentacles and it speaks a different language. Like, wait, 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 wait. Harry. Honestly. Let's talk here. Have you... On it? One. <laughs> Honestly, of course I have. <laughs> you could you could walk into like a, a, a sophomore level literary literary like analysis class, make the argument that all of Lovecraft's writing is about his fear of the vagina, and get an A. I've- True. I am certain. True. Of it. Absolutely. I think it's more of a fear of women, not necessarily the vagina what? as a concept. Well, the vagina as a concept. 
as like as like the the platonic ideal. The platonic ideal of vagina. <laughs> you know? It's like the platonic idea ideal of a triangle, except it's a vagina. <laughs> yeah. And that's what H.P. Lovecraft was afraid of. I mean, I'm afraid of triangles. Yeah, no. I get Fuck, it. Fuck, dude. No, I get it. Fucking three sides? You don't know what the other side's thinking. I don't know. What's those, what? <laughs> that's a real thing now that I've realized I, I didn't, re I wasn't afraid of until you said it. Yeah. You're afraid of triangles now? <laughs> yeah, like, I don't like them anymore. Fry, triangles. <laughs> Jesus, what is this? Um... <laughs> So we got to talk about the uh, the zombies in this uh, particular movie. Because, uh, re uh, reanimator. Oh, the reanimator. 1985. Do you need me to do the intro again, Bill? No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I enjoyed your, your okay. Disney movie version of it. It was good. Mm -hmm. So so this kind of... Uh, in, in the original novelette, this is actually um, one, of the, one of the first instances of uh, cannibal zombies. Zombies oh. before this weren't really uh, cannibalistic. They huh. were just kind of, um, you know, crazy. It's like well, like voodoo zombies, you know, like um, like hoodoo yeah. zombies. Like they're they're people who are brought back and they're kind of just under control. Like so it's more like a spell than anything. Um, and then it wouldn't be they... again until George A. Romero released Night of the Living Dead. Were they cannibalistic in the movie? I didn't see them eating anyone. Like they, he, like he bit some mm -hmm. fingers off, but that just seemed like out of a yeah. rage, and then he immediately th threw him against the wall. <laughs> yeah, actually, there's a female assistant in the book who gets her um, fingers bit off by a, a zombie baboon. Mm. Oh, and all that uh, Herbert West can muster is, what kind of idiot puts their fingers in a baboon's mouth? He ain't wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, I can't. I can't remember the last time I put stuck my fingers in a baboon's mouth. Uh, well, you're clearly not the kind of idiot who might do that. Like an idiom? Is there an Ugh. idiom with sticking your fingers in the baboon's mouth or something like that? Yeah, don't do it if you want it comes to keep from, your fingers. That an idiom. It comes from Ad Astra. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Ad Astra. Yeah, Dad, Dadstra. It all comes full circle. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Welcome and to the Bill's season name finale is Sad Dad. of Sci-Fi Cross it's, Sections. It's, yeah. Perfect. Uh, but no, I, I do want to actually talk about the zombies a little bit in uh, sure. or the reanimated corpses a little bit. It's crazy how they just sort of um, it, it could be as a, a result of the serum or uh, I mean, we, we just kind of don't know exactly just why they go berserk upon yeah. um, reanimation. Well, and it could just be that oh, the, it could. Sorry, it just could be the flawed nature of um Herbert West's serum. I mean, it's getting better with each iteration. It starts with a cat, and the cat goes nuts. And then they try it on the guy, and the the, the the first guy, and then they try it on uh, the dad, and it just kind of doesn't pan out. And then they finally get to um, the rapey fucking professor, and uh, it unfortunately works really well. <laughs> yeah, I have a few thoughts in that area. Um, as as to what some things may be going on. Number one, I think it has to do with like mental capacity. I think the, mm -hmm. the professor, as shitty and terrible as he was, was probably quite smart, and so oh, yeah. was probably able to because it's it's injected into the brain, right? Yeah. So like, Brainstem. I feel like for him being for him being as as smart and as capable as he was, he was able to kind of overcome 
any of the challenges that he was faced with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think it has a lot to do, and this is where it kind of falls apart. I think it has a lot to do with the 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 damage that I, I always thought it was funny that Herbert West never tried to actually repair the damage to the body. He just was like, I'll just inject this thing. And it's clear the serum does not heal the body. It just reactivates the brain. So like the cat is making a noise and her and Dan's like, oh, what's that? What is Why is it making that noise? And he's like, oh, birth is pain. And I'm like, no, it's it's broken. Its back is broken. Yeah. It's in tons of pain. You would it's need a, to fix it before you reanimate it, buddy. pieces. <laughs> like, and I think that's what it came down to is like everyone was like, I think there's a part of the animalistic nature of these of these zombies in just who, who they're just reacting to such dr- terrible pain yeah. that they're in. They can't control themselves because they are literally falling apart, especially at the end with all the rest of the zombies. Mm-hmm. Like they they are obviously not okay they you know some of them have their faces blown off others have arms off of them like ripped off of them like they're they're upset and they're hurt and i think that's what it comes down to i think it was like you know i think the full thesis of the film is to like leave the dead be let them rest kind of thing but yeah i think they were in a lot of pain and were pissed off at being alive again because i would be that's an interesting point. Um, have any of you ever seen a little 1985 movie called Return of the Living Dead? I haven't seen Return, no. I so have. It's been a while. But... It's So it's not related to George A. Romero oh. at all. It's, okay, it's, then I haven't. Yeah, it's di- written and directed by completely different people. But the sort of action of that movie is... Uh, one of the characters tells somebody else that uh, Night of the Living Dead was a was was a real event that happened, and um, it was because of chemicals uh, that sort of brought people back in a smaller area, so it wasn't a super widespread. And the government had covered it up, but they had accidentally. So so the the character who's telling uh, the other character is a uh, guy who works in a morgue, and he's telling. Um, his like new assistant who's this like you know teenage like cool kid or whatever who's just happens to be interested in morgue shit but um long story short zombies and um but they're like somewhat intelligent zombies and and a similar action they their body parts actually move independently of having a head so like you know you cut off the arm the arm comes after you kind of a thing hmm. which is kind of like what happens with um the uh with uh hill's body sort of operating operating independently of the head um but a one of the zombies in in return of the living dead makes a makes a point that like it hurt like being dead and then being brought back to life like that hurts like um apparently like they can feel themselves some of the older zombies can feel themselves decaying oh which kind of um kind of harkens back to uh Hill needing fresh blood for his head to in yeah. order to sustain unlife. How that blood gets up into the head from the tray. I'm confused. How he speaks without lungs is another quandary. Diaphragm or lungs. It's yeah. all uh, that stuff is silly, but it's also important to note that he was a scientist that specialized in the location of human will 
in the brain. So it right. also makes mm -hmm. sense that, of course, he would be one of mm -hmm. the few zombies able, capable of taking control of this terrible situation. Like he, he's trained his whole life like this for this. He would get a Green Lantern ring if, if there was <laughs> any. He, um, he can, rem he can. No, he would get a uh, Star Sapphire ring, and he can. Uh, I can imagine Hale as a Star Sapphire. He's great at remote controlling bodies. It's good. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's unreasonable to believe in this setting, especially knowing Lovecraft, that there was some sort of telepathic link going on at that point, because the dude is fucking is is willful as fuck, and mm -hmm. most importantly, got this weird ass serum going on. Bill, I see you shaking your head, man. What the fuck? What's your gripe <laughs> with this movie, dude? No, it's just the immersion is destroyed for me. It's just you know, there's just a, a certain aspect of a movie where I feel immersed in it, and I was just. The entire time I was, maybe I'm I'm not a horror guy. I, I really am not. But I think that watching this film and seeing, it's like pick one. Are you, is it like a chemical agent that causes reanimation or is it a, is it telepathic, you know, or is it like mystical? You know, and I know H.P. Lovecraft is kind of a, a weird mystical thing rather than purely scientific, but it just breaks so the immersion. This it breaks you. the immersion a lot because it's like it's not presented Love in a way the, the 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 device is not presented in a consistent way, and it doesn't abide by its own rules. So it breaks the immersion. Let me present this to you. The chemical agent is involved that unlocks ninety percent of the brain, which unlocks the mystical telepathy of everything. I think it's also mm. important to note that uh, nobody walks around with their head separated from their body in the novelette. Right, right. This is a this is a Stuart Gordon. This is a Stuart Gordon joint. This is like <laughs> it's like those posthumous collaborations that people did where they like took Lovecraft's like unfinished stories and then just finished them, and they're just totally off the wall and not what Lovecraft would have written right. at all. You continue to demonstrate to me that Lovecraft's story is inferior in every way. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have tits I can tell you that Listen, much for free if I were to if I I just don't think it would be in the top Stuart Gordon because you know honey I shrunk the kids obviously honey I blew up the kid obviously <laughs> fantastic films fantastic <laughs> we'll do them we should do we should definitely oh honey I shrunk the kids oh, oh yes, yeah. yes 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 oh 100%. I, I'm amazed we haven't yeah. done it so far that I'll add I'll add it to the list in November yeah. Yeah, add Ghostbusters and Ghost. Add, I was gonna say add Ghostbusters too, but don't add that one. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Anyway, so I am. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so what I mean to say is that it's not a fantastic film. I don't think it is because I think that it's it's funny, it's goofy. I think that it's a weird movie. I think Jeffrey Combs deserves to be, you know, neither. I, I think he. He, yes, exactly. Sir Jeffrey Combs deserves <laughs> Combs deserves to be knighted. Um, but no, no, he's so freaking good, and he's so good in the Frighteners. Can I just talk about that again? Oh yes. Um, but he's a fantastic actor. Um, Who's there he was, in the Frighteners? You know, uh, he was the weird detective, FBI detective oh, that shit. like, like he was afraid of women and right. would like have like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been such reactions. a long time since I've seen the Frighteners. So he was so weird, and I love his character in that too. Um, but like you know, I just I, I I watch this movie, and I see like it looks like just this 
weird trying coming straight from the 60s horror while at the same time being an 80s film while at the same time having like well at the same time being that sort of like weird sort of tongue-in-cheek sold after the fact as a comedy sort of like uh plan nine from outer space idea that's just like oh my god there's just this weird stuff happening and i it, 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 i don't know horror just doesn't isn't cohesive in my mind horror just doesn't make sense in my mind i i like i like when there's horror aspects of films like sci-fi or whatever and um but to watch something and it doesn't make sense to me and the characters don't make sense to me. The plot doesn't make sense to me. It's just kind of like this, just like weird, horrifying situation that didn't actually horrify me. You know, I'm, I'm more of a psychological horror guy, not so much a, I don't even know what kind of horror, what kind of horror is this? Like if you were to like niche mm-hmm. 80s, 80s, 80s horror. horror. Yeah, campy, campy horror. Super, yeah, super, camp super horror. campy. Now, if I came from that idea, instead of looking at it as just a film, if I came from the idea of this is a campy film, I would probably enjoy it more. But I came from the idea of this is the film I'm watching this week. I'm going to see it in a vacuum sort of thing. So maybe there's some context that I was missing when I went into it. Well, Bill, sure. what could be more horrifying than thinking about where the seat of consciousness lies? Uh, I don't know, like burning alive. A scary guy, <laughs> super scary guy, a scary a, mustache. He's got a really long blade knife. He's so he's looking at me weird. <laughs> that would be super scary, dude. Um, be wicked scary. Well, that's. I do want to talk about that too, because that's an important part of the film. If we're gonna, if we're gonna, if we're gonna do the cross sections thing, and you know what this podcast is supposed to be, <laughs> um, <clears throat> what this, I think, what this film really argues is, uh, it, it does argue for the fact of a soul, right? What it's saying is that, yeah, like the brain is reanimated, yeah, these people are back to life, but uh, there's nothing there. They are just mindless beasts at that point. Is that that's what I've gathered? Do you yeah. guys agree? Um, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, uh, Lovecraft was a pretty ardent atheist, and I think this movie comes from a, a pretty atheistic perspective as well. I mean, I guess it does talk about. I mean, I guess if you think about it that way, there's an ideal like that, like, Oh, what, you know, once the body is dead, the soul leaves. And then what you have left when you reanimate the corpse is a pure id, you know, um, you know, there's, there's nothing left. Um, Mm -hmm. but I don't know if that, I don't know if that's the, the thesis necessarily is that, you know, the, the soul is the seat of consciousness, so to speak. You guys know what I mean when I say that, right? Yeah. Okay. Right. But like yeah. at the same time, like I think also you could take it from the perspective of um I don't know, the pursuit of power and how it gets in the way of your humanity, which is getting way too deep for this film. But well, you think, yeah, so you're you're <laughs> arguing for the, the super id. Right. Exactly. Like the, the just the horrifying the horrifying pursuit. You know, the horrifying pursuit that, you know, a man goes through and he, you know, does not even care or respect for the you know for life 
West does that. He just does not care. He doesn't care. No. He just he and it's not even that he like has this overarching like motivation that, you know, he wants to bring back his lost lover or something like that. Like no, he just wants this. He wants this fame. He wants this I don't even know if it's fame. He wants. He doesn't to, want fame. He, wa- he, he doesn't. No, he do doesn't want thing. fame. He doesn't want fame in the in the novelette either. He's mm-hmm. a cold man of science. He just wants this thing, and he, he wants, wants discovery. discovery. Yeah, I think. I think he just. He really hates Hill plagiarizing and like taking someone else's work as well, his own. Yeah, I think that's where it kind of gets muddled. Where it's like it almost seems like he wants the credit, but in reality, he just hates hill for doing that i mean got it i think it's all i mean policies for plagiarism are getting pretty extreme i mean they'll take a shovel to your neck these days (laughs) (laughs) no you just canceled these days (laughs) yeah can we talk about how powerful hills like will to steal this and get renowned from it that his head gets chopped off and reanimated, and his first thought is, okay, I gotta clean shit up so I can start stealing this work. <laughs> That's, like, the first thing he does. <laughs> well, I think in his mind, like, you know, within the context of the film, because I know Bill hates it all, um, but with, in his mind, he 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 thinks he's immortal now. He, he, I, I, he would revere himself as a god when he comes back and actually has... Uh, will the willpower to continue to exist when others don't? I I mean, if it were me, I'd revere myself as a god. <laughs> and so, what he really comes down, what it really comes down to for him is, yeah, like he's going to go ahead and and take whatever the fuck he wants at this point, because why not? What what's the worst you could do to him? Kill him? Mm-hmm. No, he's he's beyond that at this point. What he doesn't realize is that his body can also become a portal to relay or whatever it is. So you know, no, it can't. Because that's what that that was the that's what I gathered at the end is that his body just fucking erupted in an awful mass of Lovecraftian terror. Um, but. no, I think clearly, <laughs> clearly, when Hill died and re- was reanimated, he wasn't thinking straight. Like, I mean, he didn't have he like he didn't have a head on his shoulders, you know. Uh. That's why I was smiling for the last five minutes. Uh, <laughs> like, how am I going to get this in? How am I going to get this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Part of me wishes that we could talk about more Lovecraftian uh, stuff. Unfortunately, there's a a Venn diagram that Lovecraft occupies where there's science stuff and then there's like horror stuff and only do they sometimes meet. Like, this is that. Like, there's, yeah. like The Outsider is not yeah. a science fiction story, you know? Um Call of Cthulhu is not a science fiction story. This is a science fiction story. Like Cool Air is kind of a science fiction story. That's a good one. That's a good short one. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the prequel to Cool Runnings, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah the the guy at the end of Cool Air who fucking dies and was dead all along is uh <laughs> he, he's the bobsled in Cool Runnings. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what. If we ever, like, actually get enough of an audience to support the fucking podcast, we'll do a spinoff where the sci-fi boys just do Lovecraft stuff. There's already a podcast so, about the, Lovecraft, and it's way better than anything we I, could bring up. I don't care about them. We're better. Oh. Sorry, Chris. I'm trying to get more. Chad. I'm trying, trying to get more listeners. <laughs> that's all. I'm just trying to get more listeners. I'm trying to get yeah. people to 
get excited and tell their friends about us. Continue. Maybe I'll maybe I'll maybe I'll uh, send them an email saying, "Hey, we talked about Reanimator. Can you please plug our podcast on your podcast?" Yeah, right. <laughs> I used to support In you on case, Patreon. You. <laughs> I don't anymore, but Who is this? What 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 cast this is, is this? This is the uh, HP Lovecraft is. Literary Podcast at hppodcraft.com. I'll check them out. They uh, have long since finished up um, talking about Lovecraft's works, but they do a lot of um, horror fiction contemporaries of Lovecraft from around the same, roughly the same. I mean, they've done Dracula. I mean, and actually that's a really great segue into how this movie is uh, described as at the, at the time when Lovecraft wrote it, he uh, was sort of pastiching uh, Mary Shelley, Frank, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. This is a very sure. Frankenstonian, if you will. Yeah, it just definitely feels like a uh, fr- like a Lovecraft Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's more of an emphasis on the the science and the horror of it rather than just the pure spectacle of you know bringing a guy back to life. Yeah, it's no, I see that though. Mm-hmm. That's a, a good point. Yeah. And well, and Jeffrey Combs was like, you know, in, in the eighties, like, oh, they're, you know, remaking these vampire movies. They're remaking all of these movies. Well, it's like somebody should do reanimator by Lovecraft. And he was like, all right, I'll do it <laughs> really quickly. I, I, uh, before the, before we started recording, Ben, you brought up that this is a series and that there are sequels to this. Um, there's, there's a, yeah, I just found a that second out. one and a third one, Bride of Reanimator and Beyond Reanimator. Did you know there was supposed to be a fourth one called House of Reanimator in which he becomes president? No. What? There... <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Why didn't it happen? Um, I didn't read that, unfortunately. <laughs> I was uh, I was bored. It was too good. It was too they filmed good. the whole thing, but it was too good, so it's locked away. <laughs> They're like, we can't. We we'd make we'd put every film to shame, and it would just be terrible. Okay, hold on. I'm I'm now I am now reading from bloodydisgusting.com verbatim. So House of Reanimated, the presidential I, sequel that never happened. <laughs> I just want to point out, but as, as really quick, like Jeffrey Combs is in the other two sequels. Right. Like he is Herbert West. Mm-hmm. So like these we we gotta watch them oh yeah we gotta fucking watch them watch them next year maybe or next month <laughs> i make the schedule so I that's don't true <laughs> maybe we should have been doing horror themed movies all month hmm and dan is back in bride we should have oh well shit happens well as we know at the end of uh this particular movie he it's almost like he wasn't in the movie at all and had never seen or lived through reanimator because he just fucking uses the serum right like oh yeah if you if you had seen what that serum did to other people do you think you would use it on your dead fiance yes oh shit no can we really quickly talk about that that cutaway at the end where you just see the green of the serum oh, yeah, and then it cool. disappears slowly? Yeah, that was cool. such a beautifully done ending. Cool. <laughs> Listen, no, it was it was it was gorgeous. Listen, guys, we all got dead fiancés, and I don't think any of us would want to bring them back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. She was a nag anyway. <laughs> she was literally a witch. Uh, what were you saying though, Miller? I'm sorry for. 
You were, oh, you were um, about the yeah, from Bloody Disgusting. Uh, the story was strongly inspired by the George W. Bush presidency that was a hot topic of discussion at the time. And the basic plot of the series proposed fourth installment was that a Bush-like president would die off, would die in office, prompting the U.S. government to call Herbert West to do what West does best, bring the dead back from the dead. Yeah, we need to make this happen before Jeffrey dies. William H. Macy was set to uh, play a zombified George W. Bush. Oh, my God, what? <laughs> Why didn't this happen? Fuck you, Hollywood. William Fuck H. all Macy. of you. The, will, the reason uh, for the project's death seems to have been that producers were worried about ruffling the feathers over at the real White House, not to mention... The topical concept was pretty much dead in the water once Bush left office in 2009. All right, here's Bloody the great disgusting reports. Here's the great thing reported. Donald Trump reanimate. <laughs> See what happens. Do it. Um. Well, Stuart Gordon is dead. I don't so care. So he's not making it. So well, we'll bring him back. We'll reanimate him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's bring back. He actually died um, four days after my birthday this year. They're doing a new shr huh. a new shrunk, so like he could, like they could easily do a new reanimator. Like I thought you were gonna say they're doing a new Shrek, and I'm like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? <laughs> no, they're doing like a reboot on Honey on, on Honey I Shrunk the Kids. It's just called Shrunk because the cool thing is to make it chill. So he sh they shrank. <laughs> they shrunk the title. Yeah, they shrunk it. They did actually. Doctor shrunk. See, they should have kept the length, but just changed it to be more topical. Like, oh shit, I shrank the kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Don't call DCFS. I shrunk the kids. <laughs> <laughs> I need everyone to get really cool about something. <laughs> CPS. I shrunk the kids. <laughs> called CPS or DCFS. Ah, fuck, honey. I shrunk the kids again. <laughs> Don't call the cops. I shrunk the kids. Gender neutral, honey. I shrunk the kids. Don't use the vacuum. I shrunk the kids. The point being, <laughs> I am fully willing to do all the research necessary to write a script for what's it called? It was called um, House of Reanimator. All right, Hollywood, listen up. I will write the script. I've written, I am an award winning screenwriter. I, Ben Young, you can look me up. Mm -hmm. I've won awards for my screenwriting capabilities. And I will write your script for what's it called again? Uh, House of Reanimator. House of Reanimator. Starring Jeffrey Combs as Herbert West once again. It will involve the Donald Trump presidency, which could only earn you points in 2020. Mm-hmm. You won't ruffle any feathers. No one likes him. It's all good. He's the worst. So let's do it. Call me. My number is... I'll beep that out. Just kidding. Email our, our thing. <laughs> don't call me. I don't, I don't want to put my number out there. I was about to, and then I remembered. I'll insert are it in there. <laughs> I'll put it in there, Ben. Don't worry about it. I'll put it in. It's sci-fi cross sections at gmail.com. Email me. This was good. Ben Young at phone number.com. Got it. Miller doesn't have my number, actually. I don't think I do have your number. Unless I do. Let's, Let's swap see. contact we... info real quick. 
We live in a strange <laughs> post phone number world. Did you guys know? Have you guys noticed that yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you could contact someone and not have their phone number at all, and you could carry on like years long conversations with someone, and then suddenly oh, realize it's like, oh god, I don't have your phone number. Yeah. It's awesome. I knew this girl a couple of years ago who was a terrible person, and I never have to talk to her because she doesn't know my phone number, and she's blocked on Facebook. Perfect. There you go. Perfect. There you go. Um, I used to be able Actually, go on. I used to be really good at remembering phone numbers, so I remembered my ex's phone number, and I used to remember it when I was drunk, which was never good. Oof. And Oof. I have now forgotten it, thankfully. That's a different horror story, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I have now forgotten it, thankfully. It's a very sad drama, and, actually. And uh, it just goes to show that life is better when there are no phone numbers. So Down where it's wetter. Life is better um, when you can only contact the person in your immediate vicinity. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, what are you saying? Like shouting from the other room? If, if possible, yes. <laughs> Um, it's actually funny. Um, we, I think we've rehashed this story on cross sections before a couple of times, but I wasn't, I didn't even have, I wasn't even friends with Colin on Facebook when, um, I asked if I could be on the <laughs> event horizon episode of the podcast, which was my first episode. Like we weren't even friends. I'm like, Colin, I hear from Mark that you're, uh, doing, um, event horizon. I love that movie. Can I be on that episode? I don't even like, I just want to like be on this one episode and then I never left. Mm-hmm. Except for all those times I did. Well, to be fair, who doesn't love that movie? Me. Anybody who's a fucking idiot <laughs> with half a brain loves that I, movie. I am neither an idiot nor do I have half a brain, so I I hate it. Such you like that. Movie. But do you like pina coladas? Getting caught in the rain. I do. I don't. I I actually really don't. I was gonna like say pina I don't coladas. like pina coladas. Really? Though no. I do like the rain. Oh. I like. They're not. I, very I don't good. like coconut. Yeah. I like yeah, getting yeah, yeah. caught in the rain are... as long as we can run to a pavilion really quickly. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, is it, is yeah. it right? Yeah. Well, no, Matt. Yeah, I, I can tell that you are about to say that we're getting really off topic, but we're talking about <laughs> coconut, which is also um, a euphemism for head. Oh. 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 You got any more? Oh. Nope. Right. To oh, he me. almost did it. it. He I almost did it. Right to me. So we talk yeah, about escape. We, have... we don't need to swap phone numbers. I think we, uh, I think we did a good job at di- at dissecting pretty well. We threw some comedy in. Does anyone have any other any other points they want to talk about tonight before we move on? Are we gonna talk about the super id? Yeah. Matt's been really quiet, so I want to make sure Matt Matt's gotten everything he's he's he wanted to say, and then we can talk about super id. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I mean, this movie's a lot of fun, but it doesn't get too deep. So yeah. <laughs> there's mm-hmm. there's a couple of quick little things that we talked about, like where the soul, the will, that yeah. kind of stuff. But it, nah. Mm-hmm. It's similarly That's all barely like, grazed. <laughs> yeah, it's similarly predatory, which is funny because what's his face's character was definitely a predator. <laughs> was definitely a predator. Oh, yeah, yeah, his character. One hundred percent. That that left a really bad taste in my mouth. Like I forgot about that I whole just, like rapey professor subplot. I just, I just, anyway, yeah. never mind. I just really hope uh, they. You, I just really yeah. hope they weren't old family friends. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. No. Yeah, I just really, really hope not. Oh, you, you, you knocked the movie down a bit for me, a little Bill. Bit. Good job. A little bit. I still love it. 
It's he's the villain. He's the bad guy. It's he does disgusting things. Oh, you things really make him not him. like you, and like, like you really make him. He really makes you not like him. Yes. Is what I was I, trying to say. I do appreciate that the movie. This movie like starts out, and you like expect that the reanimator Herbert West is going to be the bad guy. You expect that this yeah. mad scientist dude is going to be the bad guy, but it's not. It's not the innovator. It's not the the person who's just trying to progress into discovery it's the person who's trying to take advantage of discovery for his own personal gain that i think that's probably the biggest thesis of the film is it's like there's no matter how harmful like don't get me wrong herbert west is not a good guy at the end of the day but he is not the villain of the story he is someone who believes in science believes in progress and believes in making the world a better place good parts but is willing to do anything to get there, bad part. Whereas Hill is someone who doesn't care about any of that. All he cares about is making a name for himself and making himself famous, earning the money, earning the power, earning, you know, he, he literally, I, I could see if this, if he wasn't stopped yet, this dude would be, would become God of earth, God emperor of planet earth, of the undead. Like I think that was like you know what he what he saw in his future. So like, in a lot of ways. Oh, sorry, go. Well, I was just gonna say while while like you know there may be some criticisms of science here and there. What it's really saying is like you know at the end of the day, we need to respect scientists who are there for progress, who are for, there for discovery, and villainize, vilify, excuse me, vilify the scientists who are there for. Uh, for for self interests for for fame for power for money etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it in a lot of ways. I mean, uh, Kane and Herbert West's character are are pretty much archetypal Lovecraftian. It, it, at least at least from a story perspective. I mean, a lot of Lovecraft's protagonists, for lack of a better word, are just like every man like they're just they're just a dude who got like caught up in a in a thing and oftentimes like there's not really an overt antagonist in lovecraft story like oftentimes like the antagonist of a lovecraft story is the cold unfeeling universe in which we reside <laughs> yeah that's that's like that's the cosmicism coming in play when there's not an overt entity like the the king in yellow or or cthulhu or whatever it's Oh shit, we're insignificant in the universe, and that's the antagonist. Is that we're nothing? Yeah, I mean, even those types of antagonists, like Cthulhu and King Yellow, and all that, are all about insignificance in the universe. I've always wanted to run a D and D campaign where the big bad evil guy is existential dread. So that's mine right I now. I had a <laughs> similar concept to that for a D and D campaign, actually, but there was also a lich. Have you not noticed that yet, Bill? <laughs> what? That Mosmosigrin is literally just existential dread? Something like that. Is he also a lich? No. I can't say what he is. It'll spoil it. Check us out at twitch.tv slash once upon a tavern every Sunday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. Thanks, bye. (laughs) Everybody um, uh, deafen your headset and so Bill can tell me what the mad modstagram is. (laughs) Mad monstergram? Is that what you said? He's got a stroke. Bill, are you there? <laughs> Did you freeze? 
No, I see his eyes moving. No, I think he froze. I see his mouth moving. He smells toast. <laughs> Emily's making toast. I'm calling nine one one. Is she gonna put? Is she gonna put uh, spaghettios on it? The Emily, ambulance is arriving. Spaghettios on my toast. The ambulance is arriving. They're running to the spaghetti door. room. They're running into the room. Spaghetti They're taking spaghetti. off Bill's head. <laughs> it's Herbert West, ambulance driver. This is the opposite of what we wanted. <laughs> Wait a second. B did, B did Bill or did Ben ever get out of Herbert West's car? <laughs> no, he's oh, been no. in there oh, the no. whole time. <laughs> Miller, did you want to talk about the Super to wrap us up before we go into good, good sci-fi, bad sci-fi, or do you not care? No, I kind of wanted to, like, so obviously the super id is not a concept that exists. Sure. Uh, you've got id, ego, and super ego. But I've always had, like, a pet theory about, like, oh, what if there was, like, a super ego? What does that look like? And it might be, like, it might be Hill's character once he gets decapitated. Just this, like, malevolent, intelligent evil intermixed with this, like, weird base desire. Because he's got this, like, desire for fame and notoriety. And he's also got this, like, basal drive to, like, really, like... I mean, he was a creepo in life for um, Megan. But in death, man, he fucking just went for it. And it's just part of a basal desire. But, like, when does that desire stop being, like, an id response and being, like, outwardly malevolent? You know what I mean? Like that doesn't satisfy like the super ego or even the ego right. or even the id to be that overtly like rapey and awful. Well, and that's like kind of my final gathering of the end of that film is that it really felt like Hill had kind of, I, I, I want to say ascended, but I don't think that's right because he's terrible. Uh, so I want to say descended into something into something that we can't understand which is where the lovecraft mm -hmm. stuff comes into it all right he it's not even primordial because if it because implying like if saying it is primordial implies that like this is like what we are all at like a basal human level this like goes beyond it and i think that's that's like the last like terrifying concept we're left off with is mm -hmm. hill is so becomes so powerful that he ascent he descends even upon mm -hmm. death and gains control of other of others like him to the mm -hmm. point that they can pop up on command yeah and yeah. that was you can you <laughs> that was weird you could be bill and you can argue that it's all camp and it's all cheese but then you could also take another approach to it and you can you can accuse me of fan goggling, and that's fine. I don't I don't really care. You can take another approach to it and say that this this person who is so inherently evil, and he may be, he may have been in life and just been able to hide it well, and in death felt no need to hide it. He is so inherently evil and so inherently, mm -hmm. you know, like 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 Miller said, had such like base malevolent desires that he had control in a way that that none others could and then that comes down to like at the end when like his body rips open and these tentacles come out to begin wrapping around herbert west you know like 
it's it becomes very Lovecraftian and it becomes very it, it kind of descends him and I keep using descend rather than ascend because I don't want him to seem like he's some sort of good guy. It kind of pushes him further into that role of like terrifying otherworldly being who is beyond what we understand as evil at that point, you know? I, I think mm -hmm. that's the final that's the final fear. That's the final scare of the film is how far Hill is pushed into monstrous form. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah. intestines te tentacle monster. Forgot about that one. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. That was pretty great. When you OD on this stuff, your body just all your organs start to take on their own consciousness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like you could argue like I'm not I'm not arguing but like you could say like you know well that you know assuming Lovecraft keeps all of his stuff together in like one terrifying otherworldly universe which is what I've heard people argue before um It's not true. Huh? It's not true. That's not true. No. That's fine. But you could still say that people like like that like the overdose of the serum kind of out like pushes him beyond is what I'm saying. So that's like mm -hmm. it, it kind of connects him to something further and darker in the universe. It's the final scare. Is mm -hmm. that fan goggling? I would I'll be the first to admit. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, sure. It's silly. The the movie is inherently silly, but I'm fan goggling for it, so I don't care because I love it. Well no, it's interesting to like view it in in that lens of like Lovecraftian horror because it's easy enough to be like it's an it's a Lovecraft adaptation like just kind of take it as surface value but to yeah to like consciously think like oh shit yeah there's probably like a deeper Lovecraftian malevolence that's going on with this character that doesn't really normally exist yeah absolutely there's um like what would a Lovecraftian villain look like and it might look something like hell hmm. Lovecraft does like these um, italicized like last sentences in his book where it's usually like usually that's like it's the very last sentence it's in italics and it's usually like the central twist of the story so it'd be like and he was dead the whole time <laughs> so I do you want to uh, do the italicized last sentence of the podcast and be like and they did good sci-fi bad sci-fi nice. And that's a perfect segue, segue into uh, good sci-fi, bad sci-fi. So we're going to start off with... Tabotker. Ooh. <laughs> All right. Well, I love the film. It's campy horror. It's everything I want to watch in October. But... At the end of the day, I do agree with Bill on how spotty a lot of the science is and how they explain it one way and then it kind of acts in its own way. And there's never any consistency whatsoever about it, which leads to it be more, being more fun as a campy horror movie. But in my opinion, it's not a good sci-fi for that reason. So love the movie. Not good sci-fi. I think there's an option for that. It's bad sci-fi. That's it's bad sci-fi. He said not good. <laughs> Is it good? Accept it, Bill. Are we doing Shut up. Accept it. It's not your turn. Miller. 
Oh wait, no, it is Bill's <laughs> turn. Shit, it is Bill's turn. <laughs> it's like a slightly, it's like the slightly disagree. Well, the option to say if we're doing good, not good sci-fi. We don't like to imply bad here. Um, we do. We've done good, not good, neutral, uh, good, not good, okay, not bad, bad. Let's just that's what we've let's done. Let's do in the like past. elementary school. We've done magnanimous. We've done neutral. We'll do, we'll we've do done like abysmal. we'll do like elementary school where you get a check plus check check minus or S. B or whatever. Anyway, um, so this is time crisis rankings. Like DDR. We're going DDR style. Triple A. Um, so what I would say is that if you are a horror fan, you should definitely, definitely see this movie. I think that this is good horror. I don't like horror, so I can recognize that it's a good horror movie and that it's enjoyable and that if it's if you're looking for like an hour and 20 minutes of just like 80s horror fun then for sure see this movie i don't like it and i think it's bad sci-fi and that's all i got thank you bill i think it's funny that the movie keeps getting shorter because <laughs> ben said it was an hour and a half bill said it was an hour and 20 minutes it's an hour and 47 minute run it's 45 minute movie yeah but not with not <laughs> first of all not with credits not like if you don't include credits, it's not that long. Second of all, it doesn't feel like it. It feels like a, a good, quick quick time, and I love it about mm -hmm. that. Oh, that's what I love about it. Miller! Um, I like this movie. Uh, it's a good horror movie. I mean, it's not my favorite horror movie by any metric. Um, I mean, it, it kind of... It's not a it's not a bad Lovecraft adaptation. I mean, it's not... I don't think it's the movie Lovecraft would make if he made the movie... Um, but it's, it's, I mean, it's pretty decent for, for what it is. Um, the sci-fi is a little bit just kind of not, I mean, it, I guess it kind of depends on what you want from your sci-fi. Do you want like the science aspect explained to you? Do you want, you know, explanations of, Oh, this is why the serum works. This is how it works. Cause there's literally the part where Hill is looking in the microscope um, at the dead cat tissue and he puts the thing and he's like, that's ingenious. And he's reading the notebook and it's like, that doesn't tell me anything. Like we, we have, we're still nowhere near understanding the science aspect. So it's probably not good sci-fi. Um, but it's an enjoyable watch. It's a spooky good time. Uh, it, when this episode comes out, Halloween will be two days away. So you still have time to watch it and not look like a fucking weirdo. <laughs> thank you miller uh, i think everyone said it best but i'm gonna say it better uh it is terrible sci-fi it's bad it's it's not bad not good sci-fi in any way possible it's a fantastic film it's really wonderful it makes me remember why i love the 80s in hollywood it's just everything about it is is from it, it, it's got this wonderful spectrum from over the top to dark and gritty and it does everywhere in between along the way and for that i i love it i love 80s i love 80s horror i love i love 80s camp i love everything about it the 80s were the greatest time for uh cinema and this is a movie you need to see if you like that kind of era even if you like like lesser known horror films enjoy it if you're looking for something deep and scientific and and making you question humanity or making you feel human this isn't your thing but uh if you're looking for something that's fun and exciting and different uh 
different in a way that it's where I mean <clears throat> nothing is nothing now is doing what movies like this used to do then uh, go check it out and check out all a bunch of other fun 80s movies like it uh, that's what I got and there you go that's been our take on the reanimator 1985 uh, we'll probably see the sequels I don't know maybe but we're definitely going to do Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Uh, oh, yeah. At some point. But next week, we are doing Raised by Wolves, the Ridley Scott HBO Max show. Something none of us have been wanting to do, but we've been hearing decent enough things so that we should probably check it out. Well, you didn't want to do... Um, you didn't want to do I Am Mother either. So True. That, and that was good. I really so, liked I Am Mother. That was great. We'll we'll see. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see what it's like. We'll talk we'll, about it. We'll dissect it. We'll tell you what we think about it. We will see. Um, really quick, I know Overlord would want me to do this, and, uh, he's not here to stop me if he wouldn't. Uh, within this time, we are about five days out from voting day, election day. Get out there, vote, do your civic fucking duty. If you feel the need to vote early before Tuesday, do so. But wear a mask, get to the polls, and do your damn job. You are a citizen of the United States of America, and it is your duty to do so. You have no good excuse as to why not. I don't feel like my vote counts. Do it anyway. It takes an hour at most if you live where we live. And if it takes longer, you should do it anyway because no job is legally allowed to fire you for missing work due to election day. Uh, and if you need to know where your polling place is, go to vote.org. Vote.org. Thank you so much, Bill, for actual factual helpful advice and not just berating them like me um yeah. and if you need to know who to vote for you can email me at andrew at sci-fi that's if you need to vote know who to vote for check out the news and that should help and if it does if you're listening to us we know who you're probably voting for it's not hard to figure out but do it just fucking it do it not Hard? Do it! E email me at Mike Pence's Fly F Familiar at gmail.com. Vote, <laughs> vote not like how you would support this podcast because you haven't been doing a great job. But vote. Can you stop? <laughs> you, Brutal. So few people. They're not going to vote for listen, us. They're not going to vote for so us now. So few people. Listen, and you just told the. Anyway, you just told them they're doing. Except what are all of these write-in ballots for sci-fi cross sections? <laughs> uh, they got the. They got the majority. Of, they got the. They won. They got all of it. Everybody voted for sci-fi cross sections. Vote for six sci guys are. Wait, six guys are president now. <laughs> I love it. That probably. That's probably the best way to run this country at this point. But anyway, yeah, six white besides, men. I got I got my point Wait, across. Isn't that I'm not, oh, what it God, is. yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, I got my point across. I don't need to shout at you for who to vote for. You know better. Uh, that's all I wanted to say. So, thank you all for listening. Review, subscribe, and as our overlord would say, until next time.